0: You know, in light of what we've been studying here and in um, the Word of God here regarding the end times, it's, it's very easy to get nerved up, isn't it? And you, know, you see all these things going on and things are heating up and um, it's almost as if the pressure is building, you know, and this, this cap is about to blow, so to speak, you know. And, and we would get nervous and, and jerky, if you will. We don't need to worry. We don't need to worry. God is accomplishing His purpose. His purpose. This is at God's, God's hand. And He's bringing things to completion, isn't He? And we can trust in Him. He can be trusted. We can rely on Him. He loves us. You know, when I see people at the altar praying for each other, it just tugs at my heart, you know. And I see love there. And I see unity, though there would be differences. There is unity. It's, it's like all, all bets are off. When it comes to somebody being in need, I just can't leave them there alone. i got to go pray for them. They're my family. We are family. The family of God. I would ask, speaking of family today, that you keep my Grandma Kay in your prayers. She fell some stairs the other day and uh, heard her pretty good. She was in the hospital. Dad, is she still in the hospital? She still is in the hospital. She also has, when they were checking her out, they found that she had pneumonia as well. So if you would please uh, keep Grandma Kay, sweetest lady you'll ever know. <laughs> and that's kind of how everybody knows her, Grandma K. You know, um, not only in our church, but throughout the surrounding towns and stuff. Everybody knows her as Grandma K. So please keep her in your prayers. Um, I want to continue our study of the end times, and I'm asking, as I have from the beginning, that you be patient with this study, because there's so much to cover. There's so much to know, and it takes people lifetimes to study all these things and try to figure it all out, And, and we're just really just touching on the surface of some of this stuff, but I think it's important that as a body of believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we see the words so that we remember them in our mind, that we hear them with our own ears, okay? So that when these things happen, you will know that God has told you beforehand. Okay? And some of the... A lot of the things are, are very symbolic. And one thing represents another, and, and so on. And there's some things, frankly, that God didn't want us to know. And But it's important that we, we read it. It's very important, because I think that in many churches, and I, I, I feel the weight myself, I really do, and I was talking to my dad this morning that, uh, and Jody last night that I just feel an incredible weight of having to try to expound on such important things. And I don't feel worthy to do that. I don't feel qualified to do that. And yet God has asked me to do it. So I'm doing it. <laughs> okay? And I, wa- I want you to know um, honestly that I'm teaching you things that I don't know a lot about. Okay? Okay? we're talking about things that many of us don't know a lot about. And there's a lot of people out there that will say, this is the way it's going to be. Okay? And there's some pretty big names regarding the end times. And they will say to you, and they are very assertive that theirs is the right way. And there's six or eight, eight of them, maybe more. And if I mentioned their names, you would all know them. And, but the thing, is, the very fact that people are saying, this is the way it's going to be, you watch and see, concerns me because God didn't say it. God didn't reveal that in his word. And so let that be a check in your spirit when somebody is saying, this is the way it's going to be. All right. You watch and see. Mark my words. Okay. We can, let me qualify that statement by saying this, listen to what they have to say, but not only them, okay? So we can listen to this one, we can listen to this one, see what they have to say, and so what we're doing is educating ourselves. This is the way it might be, the way this person says it is, or it could be this way, or it could be maybe this part of what this guy says and a little bit more of what this guy says over here, okay? But we just don't flat-out don't know. Okay? Hence the importance to be ready. And we talked about last week, plain and simple being ready means what? Let me hear you. Watching, what? Born again? Absolutely. Waiting? Yep. So we're watching, we're waiting, we're alert, we're prepared. We have made Jesus our Lord and Savior, the bottom line of it all, okay? We have to be right with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior. That is the bottom line, okay? And so we don't know when he's coming back. The Bible says that Jesus, even the Son himself, does not know only the Father, Only the Father knows. Okay? And when the Father says, it's go time. Here we go. Okay? And we talked, we've been going on this, what, seven months, or seven weeks now, at least. Um, And we talked about all the signs that are leading up to these things and, and what signs to look for. Okay? The signs of the times. And you may have seen our own sign out there. You know? But I want to go back to Daniel 7. Will you turn in your Bibles to Daniel 7? Now, as I said, we're going to be talking about some things that are difficult to understand. Um, The only time that we're certain about prophecy is when? After it has been fulfilled. That's the only time we're certain. Until then... We're watching and we're waiting and we're seeing what his word said and and lining up the prophecy with the word of God and see how they fit together, right? Always, 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 whatever is said is lined up with the truth. Always, okay? Because there's a lot of things, a lot of religion out there and there's this rising belief that we all serve the same God. Maybe you've spoken to people like that. We all serve the same God. Well, if that's the case, then if I serve the same God that you got, then both our gods should say the same thing. Isn't that right? Right? So if your God says one thing and my God says another thing and they both say the same thing, well, heck, maybe we are all serving the same God. But if your God says something different than what my God says, then It ain't the same God at all. It's not the same God at all. Okay? Daniel 7. Now, Daniel had many dreams, many visions, didn't he? He was a great man of God. A godly man above godly men. Adamant about serving God. And you remember the stories of him being up in his room while, while he was in captivity and praying three times a day. You remember reading that? And the king loved Daniel so much that he had put him in charge of most of the kingdom in a land where they were in captivity, mind you, okay? So this foreign king, while all of Israel was in submission to this foreign kingdom, this foreign king puts Daniel in charge of just about everything. And those that were native to the land and to this king did not like that one bit. Did they? And so they were scheming, trying to figure out ways to set up Daniel and to bring him down with a great fall. And they said, well, the only thing that we can come up against Daniel because he's such a man of character and wisdom and strength, the only thing that we could come up with would be to somehow involve his religion and his God. And so they set up this thing, oh, king, live forever. Why don't you create a day where... Nobody can worship anybody else but you, O oh king. And the king says, Hey, I like that idea. <laughs> you know, I like that idea. And so they made up this thing, you know, and, and they seal it, the king's ring. And they put that wax over the seat, you know, where the two pieces of paper come together. And they put that wax, hot wax over there, and they seal it with that king's ring there. So it can't be changed. And so when it came time for this great day or this time of worship that everyone must worship the king. Well, Daniel was not going to do that. He was not going to stop praying. And so he goes back up into his room and he prays anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, and windows are wide open, you know. And so they came and they said, you can't do that. Hey, king, we got a, a bad guy over here. Look, this one that you love, that you have set up for your whole kingdom, look what he's doing. So they tried to pull Daniel down. But they couldn't do it. Daniel was devout. Daniel would not stop serving his God. And you remember how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the same men, these these four were all peers who would not bow. And you remember how they were thrown into the fiery furnace, right? And So this is the same Daniel that we're talking about here. Now, because... It is difficult to understand, and the, the, um, we would want to avoid it altogether, okay? And I think that has been done a lot. And so what I want to do today is I want you to see this with your own eyes. And so we're just kind of walking through the Scriptures. Can we do that? Can we walk through the Scriptures together? Alright right? Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Now, in many cases, the seas represent nations, when it comes to studying the end times and studying Daniel. The seas represent nations in most cases. And it says, four great beasts, each different from the other, came up out of the sea. And the the first was like a lion and it had the wings of an eagle. Now, um, you may have seen pictures of this and, you know, in your studies, if you do... Search on the internet, it'll come up, and some of them look alike, others look a lot different. It's so all just kind of taking what is said here and painting a picture. The first was like a lion, well, we know what a lion looks like, and it had the wings of an eagle. Well, we know what the wings of an eagle look like as well. I watched until its wings were torn off, and it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a man. And the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me, verse 5, was a second beast, which looked like a bear. Well, we know what a bear looks like. It was raised up on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up, eat your fill of flesh. So we've got two beasts now. We've got a lion with wings like an eagle. And the wings were torn off, and it was stood up as a man, with two feet like a man, and it was given the heart of a man. Second beast is a bear, looked like a bear, and it was raised up on one of its sides. I'm not really sure exactly what that means, but and it had what in its mouth? Three ribs. So we take notice how many three ribs as if it had devoured something, correct? And it was told to get up and eat your fill of flesh. Verse 6, after that, I looked and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard. Well, we know that a leopard is spotted, right? It's not like a cheetah. A cheetah is t- kind of tall and skinny and super fast. A leopard is, is a little bit different. They're shorter and eatier and extremely strong. And they're known to take their kill and pull it up in a tree and consume it so that nothing else can get at it. So, and they got spots on them and whatnot. And there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard. And on its back, it had four wings like those of a bird. So we got a leopard with four wings on it. This beast had four heads. Now we're really getting to something that we can't envision. Okay. So we got this leopard looking thing with four heads. It's got four wings. Okay. And it was given authority to rule. So not, not only does this Got four, it's got four heads, four wings, but it was also in power. Power to rule. Okay, interesting. Now things get dicey. After that, verse 7, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. All right, I'm getting lost already here. Okay? So, we know that this beast was extremely frightening and terrifying and extremely powerful. Iron teeth, and it crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot what was left. So nothing was able to stand against this beast, it would seem. Okay? This fourth beast. This beast had ten horns on it. Okay? So on its head, ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. So as this little horn is coming up in the middle of these ten horns, it uproots three. Okay, this little horn. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. So this little horn had eyes like a man and spoke boastfully. All right? Verse 9 As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days, God Himself, took His seat. His clothing was as white as snow. Hair of His head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out for Him. Thousands upon thousands attended Him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before Him. The court was seated and the books were open. And as you read these things, you're like, what does all this mean? How does it involve me? You know, how am I to understand this? Am I a part of all of this? And in verse 11, then I continued to watch because the words, the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. So now, this beast, the one that was terrifying and killed everything in its path and had the ten horns, and the one came up and uprooted three, this beast was slain and its body was destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. Verse 12 The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live time. Verse 13, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Here are the words or the name son of man. There should be one person that comes to your mind. Right? And who is that? Jesus. Son of God and the son of man. There was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And we hear that in other scriptures, in Thessalonians, right? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and so on. It says, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All people, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. And we hear that kind of language, you know, everlasting throne, those kind of things in other passages in Scripture. Now, as we continue in verse 15, I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit. Now, I can imagine Daniel, having seen these things, was troubled. And this is... Fairly common for Daniel because if you look back in chapter 6, verse 14, when the, well, that might not be the scripture. Don't worry about that. Um, Daniel says that a different vision that it like made him sick. He was sick and it disturbed him for weeks. Let's go down. Chapter uh, 7, verse 15. I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit, and the visions that passed through my minds disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the true meaning of all of this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. Now, here it is. The four great beasts are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. Let's just stop right there. The four great beasts, four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. Okay? But the saints, in verse 18, of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Now, if I may, I want to. Touch on a few things. It is believed that some of these things have already taken place. Okay. The first three, I believe, the first beast is believed to be Babylon. And that was the one with the lion, remember? The lion with the wings. And then the wings were torn off. And it stood up with feet like a man and was given the heart of a man. This was, is believed by many to be Babylon. The second beast, which looked like a bear, was raised up on one of its sides and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And it was told, get up and take your fill of flesh. This is believed to be Persia, which is depicted as the bear. All right? Now, if you look where these things are located on, on a map, it's all in the Middle East. Okay? You've maybe heard of the Medes and the Persians, you know, um, when uh, a decree is issued and it would be unbreakable like an oath as the Medes and the Persians, they would say. And that was like a big deal, you know. Um, but the, that's all in these, this tight little area around Israel. The third beast is believed to be Greece, which was depicted as a leopard. All right, Remember, this leopard had four wings on its back, And it also had four heads, okay? And it was given authority to rule. So this one had great authority, power. And so this was believed to have been Greece. Now, in contrast to the first three, the last beast was like above and beyond the others. When you read that, did you get that impression? It was terrible. This is how he starts. Terrifying, frightening, very powerful. Large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims. Trampled underfoot what was left. And it says right here, it was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. Okay? This beast is believed to be some conglomerate, if you will, of a group of nations, if you will. And Rome is believed to be one of them. Okay, now this is kind of confusing and I'm getting some looks like, so? (laughs) Okay, but it's important that we read and we, we hear these things with our own ears. The fourth beast... It is believed, is still yet to come, some of the things that are described here. And it speaks of the end and how things will go, all right? Remember this, this one has ten horns on it, right? And then as Daniel was looking at these horns that were on this beast, a small horn came up in the center of them and uprooted three, all right? And so we're probably talking about nations involved here, okay? But this fourth beast is believed to be something that is yet to come or parts of it have yet to come here. Now, I want to continue here and address a few other things. In verse 19, Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others and most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws. All right? Now, this is something that's a little bit different the bronze claws the beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left i also wanted to know about the 10 horns on its head and about the other horn that came up before which 3 of them fell the horn that looked most more imposing than the others and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully as i watched this horn was waging war against the saints And defeated them. So we're talking of the end times here. This horn that came up and uprooted the three was waging war against the saints and defeating them until the ancient of days. When you hear ancient of days, what does that make you think of? God Himself, God the Father, God Almighty. Amen. Jehovah until the ancient of days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came when they possessed the kingdom. Okay? So this, it seems, is talking of the Great Tribulation. Would you agree? It seems as though it's pointing to that. Verse 23, He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is the fourth kingdom, all right, a kingdom, actual kingdom of the earth, that will appear on the earth. It will be different from all other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. So it's describing more of this fourth beast, almost piece by piece. All right? So we know that it's going to be a kingdom, a nation, um, And it will be different from all the other kingdoms and nations that are on the earth. And it will itself devour the earth and trampling it and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. And after them, another king will arise different from the earlier ones. He will subdue three kings. All right, so this small horn that came up center of the ten, uprooted three, is a king. And as he comes to power, he's going to dispel three other kings. Verse 25, he will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and a half a time. And this is believed to represent three and a half years, a time equaling a year, times would be. Two times, right? Equaling three. And then a half a time, three and a half total. All right? The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and a half a time. So this three and a half years will be a time when the saints are going to be buffeted and persecuted and killed. Okay? But the court will sit, in verse 26, and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints. When you hear the word sovereign, does anybody have any things that come to mind? Sovereign. Let me hear some ideas. Any ideas? Sovereign. I have a lot of whispering. Sovereign nation. Okay. By itself, okay. Judge. Judge, what was the other one? Holy, okay. Yes, and that's, that's really close right there. And all of all of these things kind of come together. It just means basically that doesn't have to answer to any. Does what it wants to do. And when we consider God, when God is called sovereign, basically that's what that means. He doesn't answer. To anyone, he will do what he wants to do. Okay, that's a basic understanding of what sovereign means. Okay, Um, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to who? The saints, the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and here it is again, and all rulers will worship and obey him. This is the end of the matter. This is it. And it ends there. This is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts. And my face turned pale, but I kept the matter to myself. So, family, as we continue our study, this... Kind of sets the stage a little bit, and there's things in chapter two of Daniel and in uh, six and whatnot that kind of allude to the same thing, and we're going to get farther into things. But um, this is kind of setting the stage for the end times, and again, so you can see the symbolism, the beast and the horns and the wings and all of these things, you know, and and you, we wonder is America represented in the Bible, you know, and, And where is Israel and and all these other nations? Well, and people will try to explain to you and they'll tell you that, well, on this date, you know, according to this thing here, well, this thing could have happened and this and that. And it really is speculation until it happens. Once it happens, then we can be sure. And when it does happen, then we're going to be like, oh, okay, that's what that meant. That's what I've been watching for. Do you understand? This is different than what we're used to hearing on a Sunday morning. Really different. Wouldn't you agree? And I don't feel qualified to be teaching these things. And yet God is impressing on me the importance of these things. He wants you and me to be aware of things that are going to happen. We don't need to fear. We don't need to be afraid. God is in control. And our hope and trust lies in our God. Amen.